This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. This is Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Jared Saltalamacchia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. All right, there's nobody I'd rather have on right now than Ed Han because, Ed, free agency isn't over. Spring nope. training is here and spring and free agency isn't over. <laughs> it, it feels like it hasn't even really gotten started, to be honest. I feel like we've had a bunch of these false starts, but it I, I started keeping track of the percent on my uh, free agency tracker, and it's still under 60% of, of players have signed. Is it really? Yeah, 40% of the top 10 is still available. 40%? Uh, my math would suggest that that's uh, four players. Yep. Yep, yeah, that's good. That's good math there. That's yeah, why you're yeah, the, yeah. the, the, the but, you, so of of your can you I and I don't I don't mean to put you on the spot, but of the say top fifty or whatever, top like what how many how many are left? Um it's not as many. I think it's about a third of them at this point. There was okay. a bit of a rush on relief pitchers, so like but a it's bunch less, of them. It's less of uh, that's another question. Of all the positions, what is the thinnest and what is the most uh available? You feel there's a good amount of outfielders left, like decent outfielders. Decent, not great. Yeah, not not great. Though, although Cody Ballinger is still there, so that's someone that's uh, that's pretty good. But after that, it's a bunch of there's Tommy Pham, Adam Duvall, Michael A. Taylor, Randall Gritchick, guys like that. Who, if they're starting for you, you're kind of like, all right, we can replace them at the deadline and feel good about it. But also, like, we're fine with them there. They're not. They're not bad. There's not. There also really isn't all off-season, Ed, we sort of said, oh, well, you know, when Otani signs, that's going to break the dam. Okay, when Yamamoto signs, that's going to break the dam. There isn't a, a dam breaker anymore, right? There's there's the Boris guys, but it's no really like these other guys who are waiting for the Boris guys. I don't I don't feel like. No, it, it seems like the Bor- it's the Boris guys and then everybody else. And I, it's been interesting seeing which guys have kind of um, held on. Whit Merrifield, Tim Anderson, Ahmed Rosario. These are the three guys that can really play infield. The three only middle infielders that I guess Adam Frazier signed. But besides him, 
they haven't gone anywhere. And I'm wondering, some of them, I wonder if it's because they're waiting for a comp. I thought after the Corbin Burns trade happened, there were going to be some other starting pitcher trades and then nothing happened. Hmm. And you just wonder what they're waiting for. Have you heard any insight into what the Boris guys? So in case if, for, for people that aren't as in the weeds with this as I am, the four Boris guys are Bellinger, Matt Chapman, Jordan Montgomery, and Blake Snell. And they're four of the top 10, two position players, two left-handed starting pitchers. And we're just kind of waiting on them. There are a bunch of teams that haven't really made their move and they're loosely connected, but nothing's happened. I think, so here's, here's my take on it is that I think they're all very good players, but the way that, the way that teams view them is that there's no lock like absolutely this is going to be the guy that we build around the fail safe and everything else. So all these guys are very good players, but you can also say with every one of them, well, this could happen. It could be a really bad contract with that in mind. I think Boris, from what I understand, the asking price was certainly uh, of the, uh, of the ilk where they weren't that all any doubt, was wasn't in the equation when it came to the asking price is what I'm saying. Jordan Montgomery, for instance. So what I had heard that he, he they're asking for you know number one starter money. You're talking about seven eight years, two hundred million. What I mean, this is a while ago, but still, this if everyone wants to know why this is so slow, it's because the asking price is the best case scenario, which, you know, Boris has every right to do. It's, it's up to the players ultimately to say, Hey, I want to, I want to get to with a team, but even with the DH spot, Ed, you, you look at it, you know, Turner signs with the blue Jays and really, so JD Martinez is another Boris guy. Um, was he wait? Every, maybe people thought that he was going to be waiting for uh, Turner to sign, you know, or Jock Peterson to sign. I don't know. But now you're sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. And Jaden Martinez had a good year last year. But, you know, I'm sure he doesn't want to have a one-year deal. I'm sure he doesn't. And so it's it's just like how long can you wait for these guys? And how long – that's the other part of the equation, Ed, is the human element where these guys like, come on, man. Like, I got to – I want to – I want to be with a team. And you and – I think – the the normal baseball fan feels that way, but I think that Boris's track record and also mindset has these guys ultimately saying, "Hey, we have complete trust in whatever he does, whatever you do. If that means going into the middle of March, that means going in the middle of March, whatever it is, um, because he's been around the block and you know had a nice success." So. They're they're not gonna be they're not gonna go rogue on them and say hey give me a deal right now I don't care I mean so anyway that's what yeah I'm and it's you mentioned it with uh, J D Martinez and the one year deal the guy that I find the most interesting that's still a free agent as far as length of deal is Jorge Soler who opted out of his deal with the Marlins to pursue a longer deal with someone else and from what I've heard there and you might have heard different nobody's offered him more than two years yeah I don't I think. The Red Sox stuff was dramatically overstated, <laughs> um, and um, and that, but that also speaks to, you know, the rest of the offers and 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 you know they might who knows I mean ultimately they might land with something that we we don't see coming, 
But the problem with Soler is J.D. Martinez is still sitting there. And is Soler enough of a difference maker for a team to to allocate multiple years? I mean, Ed, that's what you have to come back to, right? For a team to allocate, let's say, three or more years, they have to feel like this guy is a foundation piece, a building block. And is Jorge Soler that guy? I don't know. I mean, it, it seems like more of a of a it's settled into sort of a more of a buyer's market because teams they're like, all right, you know, we're gonna roll with our team, and if we get somebody, we get somebody. There are teams. It's interesting. There are teams now at spring training beginning. You're like, oh, they don't have enough players. Like the I know the Padres outfield situation has been in the news lately, but you know, like like what's where's their outfielders coming from? But even like I'll come back to the Red Sox. You could you could have that rotation. That's fine. I mean, you can have that. It's not what the, it was proclaimed at the beginning of the offseason, but you can have that and go into the season and be like, all right, you know, that's best case scenario. That's how we'll function. And you know, same thing with the Yankees. Yankees was we got Strowman, we got Soto, we got Verdugo. Yeah, you know, we feel like maybe we're a little bit thin. We went after Hader. Uh, we didn't get him, but we can still function. So, yeah, I mean, I it is, to, as I'm talking, it, it does feel like, bizarrely, it has shifted, become, now that spring training's starting, it has shifted, become more of a, a buyer's market, you know? Yeah, yeah. Do you recall? Call an off season that's been like this because no, I'm no, nobody, I, and not no. yeah, not counting like um the the a couple of years ago with the lockout, but I don't remember this many no, top not like e- top tier free agents still free agents with pitchers and catchers reporting. Not even close. Not even close. Not even close. I mean, it's it's yeah, and and we've talked about this multiple times, but it's. It's not great for baseball, I don't think, because we like deadlines, we like excitement, and it's just been, you know, it's exhausting. It's just exhausting. It's like you can only pay attention to stuff, and the problem is little things trickle out. It, it's, it's, it's the worst of our industry um, because any little thing gets three times as much publicity, and any little thing can be. And I speak from experience where. You know, somebody can say something um, and it can be like this most general thing, like, you know, the interest thing, you know, if like so-and-so has shown interest. All right. You know, the, the show interest thing is something for November. It shouldn't be something for January or February because it, it can mean absolutely nothing. It can mean absolutely nothing. So, you know, I... I, I'm curious what your your take on this is because every now and then I'll be posting like these are these are the top 25 guys left or something like that and there's there's always a comment or two in my replies that are this is collusion with the owners. Do you think that that's just a conspiracy theory or do you think that these guys actually talk to each other and they're like, hey, let's not this is a ridiculous price. Let's just not go all in on no, this. I don't, I don't know how those conversations I don't think it, I don't think it's collusion. I don't think people are talking to each other. I think it's the more of an understanding that or not even understanding uh an approach of 
we value the way that the guys are valued. So, so, you know, they can, they can look at a guy and give a guy a short-term deal and say, we think if we tweak this or tweak that, this guy is going to be really good. And we're going to get, you know, three times a pay of investment. Whereas the idea of we're going to sign a guy uh, with the understanding that we're going to we're going to be burned in the last two or three years of the contract isn't that mindset is certainly not prevalent. And it's weird, Ed, because a year ago that was the Padres, right? That was <laughs> we saw what was, happened there, and, and and you know, or the Mets or whoever, and and or the Phillies, and. I don't, and I still don't necessarily disagree with it. I mean, I don't because because if you feel like a guy is worth it or worth going to help you for four or five years, and he's a really really good fit in your team, in your lineup, in your rotation, in your community, you know, all of that, then pay the money. It's okay. Now I'll come back to this class. Look at these guys. Jordan Montgomery, perceived by a lot of teams as a number three starter. You know, Blake Snell, you know, walks one side young, but walks a lot of guys and feels like, oh, well, you know, he's been up and down way too much. Two great seasons in contract years. Right, exactly. So Cody Bellinger, awesome year, but before that, not awesome year. What happened? Which is it going to be? Matt Chapman, all over the place in 2023. So you have that. So it's... yeah, that's something that I think about it like a lot though with these free agents. If you hit free agency, generally speaking, there's some kind of a work in your game. It's either that or you're coming from a dysfunctional organization. So Otani hitting free agency is a little bit different than like a Chapman hitting free agency, where if he was really that if there weren't some flaws in his game, I feel like Toronto would have found a way to extend him. If the, or they would have traded him to a team that would have extended him. So it's it, it's interesting to me that 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 it seems like the warts are a little more visible this year. Well, and we aren't even talking about the draft pick too. You know, it's like it's it's if if a team, you know, there's like okay, now we're we're giving up a draft pick, to, and and some teams value the draft pick over other teams. But I think that to come back to this this off season and this way of thinking. It, the the way of thinking in front offices is changing so much where things like draft picks I feel like are being valued more than ever. I, I just do. Like I feel and I think that um you know they're they're gonna we're gonna be able to get by with what we have and what the guys that we're gonna have as foundation pieces are gonna be the guys who we control for six years because we drafted them and developed them and we didn't have to get desperate uh, for a 30-year-old. That's why Yamamoto, I mean, Yamamoto, obviously, the biggest thing about Yamamoto, if he's 30 compared to 25, it's a completely different conversation with him. It is. Oh, yeah. He was kind of, that, I mean, that was a real unicorn situation. Yeah. Too. Somebody, that's like getting a first-round pick that you just can put right on your team and you don't even have to worry about, I mean, it costs money. It's not like you're getting him for the league minimum or something, but guys like that just don't show up. And in Yamamoto's case, he did. So I get that with the, with the Dodgers throwing out as much as they did for him. Now, do you you think that teams saw what happened with the Padres and the Mets last year and got squeamish about overcommitting? Yeah. I mean, there might be an element of it, but that was before too. I mean, that was, it was, 
I, I think that the, those were aberrations in it and that and that unfortunately, honestly, that unfortunately has led teams to to do things saying, look at look at what the Rays are doing, look at what these other teams are doing, and they're winning games. I mean, this is I think a a thing that is prevalent throughout baseball. And I remember asking Heim Bloom about this. Do you think there's an acceptance more in baseball to approach it this way because there's enough success? In other words, the Dave Dombrowski way of doing things, you know, okay, that's all well and good, but it's going to cost you a lot more money. Do you have to spend that money in order to be good? And look at these teams. They're not spending that money, and they're good. So um, I think that it was trending that way anyway. And 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 I think it'll continue to because let's be honest, the the owners are less like the majority of the owners are less like John Middleton of the Phillies um, or Steve Cohen, um, so less like them than than everybody else. Do you, do you think that? Something that with with Dombrowski I've always really appreciated about his style is that if he likes a player, he really picks out that player and he'll be willing to spend whatever it is because he wants that specific guy. Do you think that teams just cast a wider net now? Like where it's like, well, I could get this guy, but if I'm going to get this guy for less money, it's kind of the same thing. And it's just less of an individual player thing. Yeah, I, it's a great point. And I think and I, I'm totally with you. If you like the player. You have to if you get into free agency, you have to get uncomfortable. Like, and I don't think that's what they understand. There's like we're gonna. There's too many of we're setting our price, and then if you're not taking our price, we're moving down to the next guy and the next guy. Well, that guy is the best fit, absolutely the best fit. And now Dombrowski, and we're probably we might be seeing this right now. Dombrowski also isn't a dummy. I mean, he, he, he knows how to play the market. He knows how to read the market. Um, he, he goes out, you know, the Aaron Nola thing. Remember like that was out of the gate. Boom. Let's not fool Set around. We want, we want this guy. We're going to offer him a fair contract. You know, the guy wants to stay. There it is. Yet conversely, you know, we're sitting here and you're hearing rumbles and murmurs that maybe now they're going to start getting in on some of these higher end free agent guys, which all you have to do is go back to 2000 leading into 2018, Ed, where Dombrowski plays the JD Martinez market perfectly. Um, He gets, he gets a contract for him, which, you know, it was, it wasn't bad for JD Martinez, but compared to what was being thrown around early in the off season, it wasn't what it was. You know, so maybe we're seeing that as well. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm just like, if you find the guy, get the guy. But it comes back to my original point. I don't know if there's the, that guy. Like even Jordan Montgomery. Everyone like Jordan Montgomery is a pitcher that you can have on a winning team, as we saw with the Rangers. Yep. Um, he eats innings. He's he, he he's a, he's a good guy to have. But is he like the no doubt about it number one guy? No, probably not. And also, by the way, you need a good defense behind him, you know. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's so to answer your question, like, well, to to, to answer the conversation, I just feel like maybe 
the the drag in this has been the top level guys were more flawed than maybe other years top level guys. Yeah, no, I mean that makes sense, and they're not. I mean, I remember last year when we had all of those shortstops. Shortstops a little bit of an easier thing to fit in. You don't have the injury risk there that you. Yeah, do but as like it's a, that's a great point and a great example, right? So. Look at those guys. And by the way, you had Judge too, right? That was a loose. <laughs> How soon we forget? Yeah. yeah. I mean, this, there was, I guess you could say like Judge was the, everyone, no one was going to say, oh, Judge, I don't want to sign him. But you look at the shortstops, and I would say that let's look at the four guys compared to these four guys. Yeah. So, so Bogarts, Trey Turner, Dinsby Swanson, and Carlos Correa. Um, Correa with an asterisk because ultimately that was complicated. When, yeah. when you got into it, you got the the injury thing. But if you took those guys and matched them up against the certainty, the certainty level of these guys, the shortstops that they that's better. I mean, that's oh, it's much better. None right. of those guys ever had a season like Bellinger did where he had to, he was, his shoulder was busted and he, he couldn't play for two years, basically. Or, or like, or, or go down the list. I mean, again, good players, but Chapman, Snell, Montgomery, Bellinger, what compared to Bogarts, Trey Turner, Dansby Swanson, and Carlos Correa, even though, in, in the, like, again, this this factor out the Correa, what ultimately happened with bouncing from team to team to team because of this injury. If you go by performance, still, like, this is a guy who was, uh, there was better than or more perceived as more certain than any of those four that are run, running around this year. Yeah, I mean, and also Judge. Just put Judge on that list, too. Well, you know what? I'll put agents. Judge in, in the Otani and Yamamoto. Like, right. There's always like one or two where, you know, okay, that's – and we knew that those were going to get done. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, and it's interesting. If you put – I'll ask you this. Uh, Aaron Nola. We forget about Nola, right? Yep. We forget yep. about Sonny Gray. Yeah, because it was so fast. Right. So, if, if you're going to – who did you have ranked ahead of – who did you have ranked – where did you have those guys ranked compared to – Snell and Montgomery. I had Nola ahead of Snell by one at number three, and I had uh, Gray at number seven ahead of Montgomery. Perfect example, right? If they're yeah. if they're sitting on the market and look at what they signed for, look at what holy mackerel! Look at what um what Sonny Gray signed for. Cardinals are looking like geniuses now on that one, R- right? And 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 meanwhile, now he's older than Montgomery. He's you know four years older, or whatever. But still, if you look at like what Montgomery was asking for compared to what Gray signed for, all right, you want answers why this is dragging out so far? There's your answers. You like Nola, same thing. You think that you you think that what what did Nola sign for? I can't even remember. Oh man, it was I think it was like seven years, one hundred eighty something. Okay, you think that you think that that's what. They're asking for Snell. No, they're asking for more than that for Snell. Like oh, 100%. Yeah. And Montgomery wants – it's the years with Montgomery that I find interesting because I don't really see that much of a difference between him and Eddie Rodriguez who got – I think it was um, I guess $20 million a year, four years with the Diamondbacks. I don't see how you can justify giving Jordan Montgomery twice that, which well, is again, what I've heard the, everyone's, the everyone's, 
And and I think that this, I think the Montgomery thing comes back to, I do feel like the teams understand what you're talking about and that this is about playing the market. If there was an obvious choice, if there was the obvious, this this team is going to go in all in on Jordan Montgomery, then fine. But where's that team? It's not the Rangers. It's not... You know, I I don't I think the Red Sox are probably waiting for his price to drop if it's going to drop. The Yankees, you know, I they already got their Jordan Montgomery experience, right? So, are they gonna are they gonna how how do the Yankees view how do the Yankees possibly jo- view Jordan Montgomery as a six or seven year guy or whatever it is when they 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 like Jordan Montgomery? I like you personally, Jordan. And we know he can do, but they know we traded you for Harrison Bader, right? They they know he's yeah. They know he's not a number one guy. And by the way, they just came off um, the Carlos Rendon contract, so they they already rolled the dice on one of those guys. So name, give me another. And there's gonna as you know, by the time this drops, I don't know, maybe somebody will like come in. But name me another team. Like, name me another team that's going to give Jordan Montgomery six years. Only one I can think of, maybe the Phillies. Maybe Dombrowski decides this is the guy that's going to finish up our rotation. Maybe they're not so confident about getting Zach Wheeler extended, so that's their pivot there. But that's still... That's that's a good one, though. It's a good one because, like, you don't have to have him be the number one. You got Nola. You got Wheeler. You know, he's... He'd be a perfect fit for the Phillies. Holy mackerel. Yeah, but, he really would be. But the yeah. Phillies have have other issues, too. They have other holes to fill. So it's kind of like, are you going to – what's your investment going to be? What do you pick to to fill in in free agency? What do you hope you can develop on your own? That's that's what's tough. Yeah. So what? So what's your overall – as we sit here, sit here in spring training or heading into spring training, like you've ridden this wave with – Everybody, you have your list. You've been following the free agents. Like, what do you, what's your gut now tell you heading as teams actually put uniforms on and throw baseballs and hit baseballs in Florida and Arizona? Like, what's your gut? Like, you, it, because I think that I'll come back to it. I think the reporting is stunk. It's like, been, yeah. It just like oh they this is they they're gonna sign by here well no they didn't they're gonna sign by here and and everyone's grasping at straws and and you know I think that I I'm of the mind Ed you just gotta wait it out man like yeah your stuff and and I should say like some of the reporting's been really good I'm not gonna go through like give. Kudos and credit to this. Yeah, we don't have to give honorable mentions out on this. <laughs> no, no, but but I'm I'm just saying that there's been a lot of, you know, it's sort of like they're piecing it together where it can't. Something has to happen, and this team has to need something. So those two things that this guy's going to sign here, and then you hear literally that no, this team isn't interested or hasn't talked or. You know, it's not going to happen anytime soon. So what I'm saying is that I'm let's just enjoy the great game of baseball being <laughs> played uh, in actual like on green grass with white baseballs and the crack of the bat and everything else. And then whatever happens, happens. And 
because we've been held hostage long enough by this <laughs> offseason. So, yeah, not- I mean, to, to answer your question, yeah. I get the feeling that the players are getting as much as they thought they were going to. I think that this is the, the holdout has been a little bit has been a while. And the impression that I get is also the pitchers have to sign sooner because just to be in, in, in the right form and everything when the season starts, you don't want to have it have less like three less weeks than everybody else or what have you. Um but uh, we were talking a little bit earlier about deadlines, and I, I, I usually think that start of spring trading seems like a deadline. It doesn't seem like it's as much of no, a well, it, it always to. had been. Yeah, and it, I, I don't remember there being occasion. You know, you'd have a Donovan Solano still being a free agent or something the last week, and then that all gets filled in, and then there's a few minor league guys. But even the a lot of the minor league guys haven't signed yet. A lot of the there's a lot of people that you know are going to be competing for a role in spring trading, and they're still free agents. They're well, and you know what we you know another part is trades. There's going to be trades, and 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 once once they show up to the clubhouse it becomes more and more awkward because for guys like if, if I'm Dylan Cease, I say, Hey, listen, what's the deal? Am I getting traded? Like what's in, because he's going to be asked about it every day. Whereas when you get to spring training, normally you're never asked about trades. Yeah. You know where you're going. You're all, all you're asked about when it comes to spring beginning of spring training, usually is if you're in a contract year, are you going to sign an extension? Do you want to come back? Well, how are you going to approach this last year? That's usually what it is. Now, it's it's just different. So, and imagine being a veteran like Henley Jansen, and you're not sure. Like you're you're showing up at rumors, pitchers and catchers report a week, and you're not sure if you're going to get if you're going to Florida or are you getting traded to a team that does their spring trading in Arizona. That, yeah, that, that that's, that's different I mean, time zones. That's a whole lot of they, travel. Getting they want they want to you know the and these guys sort of want to know and 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 the the uncomfortable it gets really uncomfortable because the front office does their job and tries to be as honest as possible. Yeah, hey, listen, you know if something comes up, then we're gonna have to trade you. But if nothing does, but that doesn't make them feel any better. These guys, the the the. Major League Baseball players, they can say whatever they want, but they like certainty. They like certainty. I mean, it's in guys handle it different ways, but it's this isn't going to be easy for some guys. But I will say that so come back to has there been guys or a guy who has signed who who has signed for a short-term deal, like a one-year deal, that you're like that guy was a guy who like oh, I thought he might get multiple years but he clearly is just throwing his hands up and and yeah know. I think Teoscar Hernandez seemed like that to me um and I mean oh, he yeah. got a lot of money from the Dodgers but I I was sure he was going to be looking for three years four years and that that sort of surprised me like Lourdes Goriel got three years that seemed like what I was expecting Teoscar Hernandez to get um some other guys there that got you know it's funny because Brad Hand, I'm the Brad Hand. It's not Brad Hand. Josh Hader. Yeah, Josh he got five, Hader. right? Yeah, Josh Hader got his deal. You know? Like but again, yeah, but then again, other than a trade, he wasn't really competing against anybody. Like you hear that's Josh Hader might have been in one of the best positions because number one, there wasn't there wasn't the questions really 
about him that there are about these other guys. He was just good. He's really yeah. good. He's really good. Now, how much do you value that position? That's up for debate. But look at the teams. Look at, you know, the Astros get him, but you look at the Dodgers and the Yankees. They were in on him. And so... The, he, yeah, some of the higher tier relievers, I would say. Matt Moore, I'm surprised, only got one year. Uh, Hector Neris, I'm very surprised, only got one year. Um, one, you I mean, Gary Sanchez like, just signed it. I was surprised after the season he had with San Diego as a catcher. I thought he was going to at least get two. Did Juan Peralta just get four years? He got four years, but it's like a weird four-year contract. It's like four years, but he can opt. It's like $3.5 million or something for one of them, and he can just opt out after every. The Padres love those opt-out contracts. They, they, I, I would bet you Peralta's a free agent next year I, if he has I, I find, season. I find what the pod, the Padres are the team, Ed, that I feel could go either way because how they built their so, – like especially with Hayter leaving, how they built their bullpen – with the international guys. Ooh, yeah, yeah, Matsui you know, and sort of like, uh, you, yeah, you go. They could be good, but you just don't know. And then Peralta. So it it's it's really, really and then obviously Soto leaves. I kind of feel like I kind of feel like I'm in on the Padres this year. I kind of feel like all the expectations and all the shock and all last year, it was just like, yeah, it's square peg round hole. Square peg, right? Up. Yeah, and sometimes post hype team. Yeah, yeah. It's like when a prospect comes up, uh, it's like a top prospect comes up and flames out, and then two years later, he kind of like Mickey Moniak last year has a good season after. Uh, oh, yeah, some good something Mickey like that. Moniak yeah, I can talk. see that. I love. Yes, I love talking to Mickey Moniak. It was fun, but it was. Um, yeah, it's 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 gonna be. We we'll have a different podcast for predictions, but. It's all over the place. There is, it's this is, it comes back to our conversation about how GMs view it as well, if this happens and this happens and this happens, we can be good. There's a lot of those teams. There are really a lot of those teams. I mean, look at the American League Central. All right. Who are you picking? Like, I can make a case for every one of those teams. I think. Yeah, no, the Royals have done that that whole extension with Witt building around him. That's really cool. The Twins have a pretty good team. Tigers, the Tigers have very quietly had a good offseason, I think. White Sox. And the, and the that, Guardians are always, they always have good pitching. And and I know that they're saying that, you know, White Sox rebuild or whatever, but that is the ultimate, you know, uh, addition by subtraction. Like, you, you still have some talent there, and maybe, like, you take an enema to that clubhouse, <laughs> it, it's it's just, it's just different. So that that's a fascinating division. Um, you obviously look at teams in the National League Central, like the Reds. We all know, like they've they've done some interesting things along with being like really good last year. Um, the Brewers, Brewers traded Burns and still seem kind of competitive. Yeah, the Brewers have had this like sneakily active. Very and and I'm not even talking about Corbin Burns. Like it's like they've added players. They've added yeah, a bunch a lot, of them. Lot, lot of players. Um, you know the Cubs are the Cubs. Uh, the Cardinals. Everyone, you know, they did their thing and they're fully expecting to to be good this year. Well, look at the World Series last year. It was two teams that were kind of like that. I remember the Rangers had a shot of not even making the playoffs, and the Diamondbacks kind of came out of nowhere and, and beat up on the the big bad Dodgers. Well, that's and that's the that's the caveat with any team that spends like the Dodgers or anything. This is 
the way of the world is, especially with this, we don't know how this, the layoff for division winners is impacting because that seemed to be a thing. But uh, the way of the world is that these teams like the Diamondbacks and the Rangers, and if you get hot, all of a sudden, all that, that money you spent, or even the Rays, like the Rays, Ed, the Rays, the Rays started off, what were they, like 40 and 5 or something? I don't it was know. one of the – and they they ended up falling off, but, man, they were so good that first month but, that they played 500 the rest of the way and just cruised in. Yeah, and everybody associated with that team, we figured it out. Look at we, – we're good. We're, we're good. And the baseball season – covering baseball is so weird because you have to react to what's going on because that's what people want. Like you have to react. But at the same time, it's such a long season and so many things change. You always have to, you, uh, I found this. You always have to protect yourself. You're like, you almost have to put an asterisk next to everything you say or write, because as good as it seems, it looks, it can look really stupid in a week, two weeks, month, two months, whatever it is. Yep. It's a, it's hard. Even going month by month is hard. Oh, it's, it, I mean, we could give a million examples, but the good thing is, and, and spring training is the ultimate uh, example of that. <laughs> spring training, we try not, we try and having to do all of spring training all the time. I've, every year, I said, you know, like last year, the guy who, like, for, so I do the broadcast, a lot of the broadcast for the Red Sox. And you do a great job on it. I like. I, 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 I you're just I, saying I, that because I enjoy yeah. listening to your broadcast. I, I, I am bringing AM radio back. Um, so, <laughs> but I, I look forward to it. I love doing it. And by the way, one of the sneaky things about spring training broadcast is that when you do the broadcast, you see innings that the writers don't see. So you see innings six through nine because the players, when they come out of the game, they make themselves available. You go down the clubhouse, you interview yep. them. And you don't see him. So you see a lot of these guys. Uh, You're getting to see the double A guys, the high yeah, guys. Yeah, like, oh, the men. guys. Uh, 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 who was it? Um, De La Guerra. Who was the guy? Who was the guy from a couple of years ago? Uh, oh, uh, um, I know who you're talking about. The, I know the second baseman. I don't know. There's always a couple guys. Chad De La Guerra, yeah. Yeah, there's always a couple guys who they're running out. You see over and over again. And you know they're going to end up at AAA, but but my thing is is so I think there's a value to watching spring training. I but you really really have to dig deep into figuring out is this going to translate to the regular season because most times it doesn't. I I came off of last year and Ed I said Christian Arroyo that that was this was a fact. Had the best spring training. He had the best spring training. He was he was the best player in spring training. And I'm not even talking about the beginning, just the beginning when they're throwing 80 mile an hour straight balls or working on their fifth pitches. Right. It's like all the way through. And then it didn't work out for him. So he, and there's plenty of examples of this throughout baseball where you know you get excited about a team, look at this team. All I say is this, Ed, I, and this is the one thing that I, I I live and die with when it comes to spring training. It's not about 
records, wins and losses obviously don't matter. To me, look at the last week of a spring training. How is that team playing? Like, how is the team playing? How is, are they making a lot of errors? Are they playing sloppy? Are they, are the pitchers like having a hard time? Like, that's all of it. I remember some really, really good, like you're talking about 2010, 2011 Red Sox teams, and their last stretch of spring training was terrible, and they started off terrible. And uh, and so I think there's definitely that that sort of tran- transition or translation. But overall, you know, we're going to get all excited about play- we, players – it's good. Like we should not not get excited about players, right? I mean, this is like if if, if a guy is tearing up spring training, let's embrace it. Oh my goodness, let's go a week, week, three weeks. Best player there, uh, Sam Travis. Oh yeah, I mean, yes, of course, <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, there's there's so many examples, and and now we're gonna see what's gonna be interesting is we're gonna see guys like. Uh, Cheerio uh, for Milwaukee. We're going to see Jackson Holiday for the Orioles, and we're going to see how they handle it. And um, and then we'll get either get excited or we'll be like, oh, well, they're not ready. Which it's the danger. The most dangerous part of spring training is that is if you make too broad a judgments on the first half. Because Ed, the pitchers are, are it's is they're working on stuff. They're not ready. Oh, yeah. No, I remember Tanner Houck last year. Just he got shelled the entire time and he was working on a sinker or splitter or something. Yeah. So it's don't get too worked up over it. And um, yeah. So anyway. All right. Anything else on free agency? We solved a lot of the problems. I mean, yeah, I think we solved. I think we fixed baseball, which is great. But uh, (laughs) I got one question for you. One question for you. Of the four Boris guys, which one do you think signs first? Oh man. I don't know. I kind of feel see, I, I don't know. I think it's personality. Yeah. As much as they're putting their faith in Boris, it's still like who's gonna be like, hey, I need Who cracks to first? I, I, I wanna say Bellinger because the fit with the Cubs is so obvious, or or you know, or you know, if the Blue Jays step up, um it, I guess it comes back to like the obvious fits. Um, but but the, you raise you raised a good point earlier where all it's going to take with one of these guys is Dombrowski getting involved. Yep. And then all of a sudden, all these guesses are out the window. So, yeah, I think, yeah, like it, it, let's not kill ourselves. Let's just sit back <laughs> and, and enjoy the great game of baseball and and uh, and. You know, and also, you know, this uh, it's good. Like it's this is the thing. This as this podcast drops, it's the first day. I know the Dodgers started earlier because they went to South. They're going to South Korea, but the, this is the first day of pitchers and catchers for most teams, or or right around there. So this we made it, Ed. Like we made it. Yeah, we, the, the, the winter the, of our discontent is is almost over. Yeah, it's exactly now we can obsess over over. Oh my goodness, the ball's coming out of his hand so well. By the way, the last pet peeve, if any writer ever tweets the ball is coming out of his hand really, really well in February, block that person. 
right, that's what that's how I ended. All right, thanks, Dad. Duly noted. All right. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.